This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 5th, 2021, and it's a Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Happy New Year. Thank from you. Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yoski. Guys, <laughs> we made it. Oh, my gosh. We made we it. Did. I thought it was going to be like a Y2K moment in reverse, where it's like, instead of the world ending, I thought it would be like, you know, like bluebirds hit, were in the sky, and I thought <laughs> everything would be fine on Jan 1. It apparently, just, just apparently looking at same. a calendar, just looking at a calendar and seeing 2021, it's a better feeling, you know? And I want to talk yeah. about it. I, is it's, it? A, it's a comforting feeling, knowing, hey... At least we had opportunity ahead of us. It's like, is it? Is it? <laughs> but, but I want to talk. I want to talk about comforting feelings real quick because yes. before we start rolling today, I revealed to the team that for non-COVID reasons, I've been I've been a little under the weather, and I get these these, these headaches that just throw me out, throw me off my game. Sometimes I get just right. a little. You know, I'm not usually can can think at my normal pace or articulate right. my normal pace. So I just gave the team a heads up, and Derek said, "Don't worry." Or or, or it was Jamie or Derek had suggested Jamie. that Derek Derek will carry me this podcast. I got you, bro. And I immediately thought of me and Derek walking down the beach, and I looked down <laughs> at, at some point during this walk, and I see that the two sets of footprints have merged into one, and I realized that Derek has been carrying me, in fact. And then I started thinking about that parable of, two, of Jesus, of that parable, you know, of, of where you see, it's basically like a, 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 a painting or like little uh, stitching that's framed yeah. on a wall, yeah. usually yeah. in like a guest bathroom For of, sure. like, <laughs> yeah. of, of like, of, of an, ev- an evangelical boomer couple, right? Yeah. Like a late age boomer couple yeah. would yeah. have that in there along with some sort of painting that has some, you know, pretty harmless potty humor in it. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, please close the seat. No one likes a wet behind or something. You know, it's like, that's bathroom art. That's bathroom and, and art. And next to the toilet, there's a little magazine rack with copies of Charisma magazine from 1997. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. 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 And, and flavored soap that are carved to look like seashells that are molded oh, in the same seashell. But anyway, so the, the two, the, the, the footprints in the sand thing about, you know, they look down and the two pe- footprints of the sand had merged into one and the person yeah. has a revelation oh jesus was carrying me i have a question about jesus carrying this person on the beach yeah. Yeah. uh was jesus like a piggyback type of guy no. or I'm was he carrying a, him like across the threshold across yeah. the threshold yeah. Yeah. or yeah. was it a shoulder situation because all of those you're thinking chicken fight you're thinking like up I on am. the shoulders maybe, maybe. On the shoulders. I, I, yeah i'm picturing I, that maybe, one because, let's, I, because like i'm Imagine not a, jesus in a chicken fight in yeah, swimming i'm not pool. a small person He's taking you down. okay and i know jesus <laughs> Has a lot of supernatural uh, abilities that right. we are only beginning to understand. I'm not a small human, and he's I feel like he's a carpenter. Like, he has he's got the arm strength. I know he's man. probably and a he's big, god, and yeah. he does have god. Yeah. He can, he, I mean, he can literally part the sea. He can make me weightless. But in this scenario, obviously, there's still some weight happening. He's all man and all god. I'm just saying. It seems like if I had to carry uh, like a grown man my size, right. shoulders would be the obvious option or a piggyback. Here's the problem: it's Have piggyback. you guys ever trying to carry someone on beach? I've tried to carry my 
my kid and he is a third of the size of a, yeah. of a grown Jesus man and <laughs> it's very hard on the sand it is you lose your balance especially up top piggyback or shoulder yeah, I was, style I was envisioning that the, the, when the footprints went to one set they were like really wide and wobbly because Derek's feet are going to be slipping and sliding but Derek if you're carrying me like a bride across the threshold you, you're, you're top heavy at that point like they're Big strides. I mean, you're sweating, working, and I'm like, Derek, do not drop shoulder. me, homie. Yeah. Do not drop me. I need. You know, I, I told shoulder. you we should do piggyback. If the tide comes in, you never know. Then you're going to get wet sand, then yeah. dry sand. It's all. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, all of this scenario would have been amazing had on December 21st I got my superpowers like <laughs> I was supposed to. I was going to ask you, Derek. <laughs> Yeah, so all I did was just piss off a bunch of uh, sensitive white people on my Instagram (laughs) and and, uh, Facebook. So I'm, you know, I might have overplayed my hand a little bit uh, with the superpowers thing. And I just want to know for those, you know, followers that left, will you take me back? Clark, can you cue up? (laughs) Baby, come back. Derek, you don't want him back. You don't want him back. You don't want him back. Derek. Derek, over dinner on, what was it, December 21st, over dinner, I looked at my two black children and said, guys, Derek told me today's the day. You're getting superpowers. Do you feel any different? And they both looked at me like I had four heads. And then one of my other kids said, mom, I think that's really rude, whatever you're saying. I'm like, no, Derek Miner told me this. I'm here for this. Oh, man. Nah, that was the fun. It was a fun ride. But, you know, hey, listen, I don't have to have superpowers to carry Jesse Carey across the beach. I got you, bro. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Dare. I'll take you. Maybe you can put you. me in one of those little weird, expensive wheelbarrow things that are big at the beach now with like those giant inflatable oh, those giant tires. Yeah, and you yeah. go to the hardware store. It's like, oh, that'd be great for bringing all my, my garbage down to the beach and setting up base camp for the day. And like, oh, or, it's 900. Carrying Jesse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's like not, it's like $900 Taylor Do It Center. Yeah. I wonder if I could put you in one of those like man baby things, like the mm-hmm. thing, you know, the baby, baby things that's on your yeah. chest. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I could put you in one of those. What if Jesus did that? Like, what if he put us in the, you know? What, if, it's, know. what if it was like a rickshaw situation? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, well, the, Bible, too, the Bible seems was, pretty fascinating with chariots and stuff. Rickshaw would have been two two feet, one set of footprints and two tire tracks. Like, I, you can, oh, maybe yeah, there's poetic, yeah, poetic yeah, license. Yeah, poetic. <laughs> Think about how much, how frequently chariots are mentioned. And you're telling me that's not going to cross a mind of anyone in that scenario. Where if I got to get this other person over the sand dune, who's a grown man with, that has full man weight, yeah, that means dune. it's either shoulders up the dune, which that's not happening. I'm probably falling back. Like, I'm halfway up the dune. I'm falling backwards. Thankfully, yeah. it's soft sand, and we just bo- both get a little sandy and embarrassed. is the move. I mean, the threshold carry is going to get hard on the dune. When you're going up the hill, that's going to, yeah. yeah, your weight's not well, Why right. does it have to be a hill, though? Is it a hill in the, well, the, in the, sand, in the story? The sand dunes. The sand dunes. you got to be prepared if, for the dunes. Once you want to leave the beach, you got to go over the sand dune, you know? Uh, so if okay. you're taking him to safety... You know, you gotta, you gotta there's climb a, lot, a little There's a hill. lot of moving parts to this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. you got to go piggyback because when you're going up the dune, you can like lean forward as you go up. You and know yeah. what I mean? So I know we've done this before. That's mm-hmm. like a question of the week. And we talked about weird stuff you find at your parents or grandparents' house. If <laughs> yeah. anyone is traveling for the holidays, uh, well, I know. It, it's keep a new with, year now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it, if anyone has seen some family. And wants to take interesting pictures of trinkets that they find. I that is one of my favorite things. I would is love just this. because <laughs> they cross. I mean, we talked about this before, but they cross regional boundaries, like the Thanks. cushion toilet seats, the 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 <laughs> toilets that have shag carpeting. Again, 
on the toilet seat. <laughs> you know, sometimes the tank will have the same matching shag carpet. You know, I'm interested in this in the regionality of the, this weird stuff. So anyone why is, the cushion toilet seat? The, the, uh, the, that that's the most uncomfortable thing in yeah. the world. I don't like want to feel the plastic like deflate <laughs> as I sit down. Yeah, that is. I uh-huh. hate that. <laughs> Because yeah, think about as it re as you yeah. get up and it reinflates oh. the air that it's pulling into it. It yeah. reinflates with booty air. Like the noise. <laughs> the noise is just yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like look, toilets are just good. Like we don't need to add anything. Like no one try to get inventive here. Like yeah. you're only gonna make things more gross if you if, when when yeah, we don't need know, to cushions come involved. Just yeah. leave well yeah. enough alone. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, author and pastor Levi Lusco talks to us. Uh, that'll be a good one. And also yesterday, January 4th, uh, the new issue of Relevant released and uh, our very own Tyler Huckabee will join me to tell you all about it. Cover story is an in-depth profile on none other than Pharrell. He is uh, carrying the new issue of Relevant. Ooh, so love that. It's going to be a good one. Who? Uh, and also slices and your feedback at the end of the show Um, okay well stay tuned up next there'll be slices Listening to Casey Musgraves and Troy Savon. The song is easy. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, I, I, I have a twofer, but it goes to a larger theme that I want to do, which is we need to have just a cultural conversation about jet skis. And they are in the news for very important reasons, but it got me thinking a lot about jet skis in particular. I don't think anyone's ever brought bought a jet ski and didn't come to regret it at some point. I I don't know many people haven't done an hourly jet ski rental, right? And the first ten minutes are like, "This is great! This is the greatest thing! I'm gonna go home buy a jet ski." But within ten minutes, they're like, "Well, I drove it to that side of the lake. I kind of did a cool circle thing, did the little tail whip. I still got about I can still got about fifty minutes to kill on this. Maybe I'll just ride fast and slow her down. Like if you own a jet ski." That first day, you are feeling great. By the end of that first day, it's like, I don't know when I'm getting the jet ski back in the water and what am I going to do out there? You know, you're just riding around by yourself. And if you got someone else on, they're just clinging on. It's not fun for somebody. You know, I'm just not a big jet ski believer. And now, you have done it wrong, my friend. Jet you have a jet ski, is- Cameron? Uh, I don't, but all of my neighbors do because we are on this lake and literally every afternoon they're out there doing things. But every vacation we like to cruise and stuff. And so when we get to some of the islands, we'll rent jet skis and this is the highlight of the trip. 
I love writing jet skis, man. It's so fun. <laughs> Again, I hate th- writing jet skis, by the way. Thank you. Really? Well, it's because I'm nervous, Nancy. I just know I'm going to I'm going to die. It's I, I cannot. I've I, never wrote a I'm jet the worst ski. person to be on a jet ski I, with. I like the thrill, but it's, it's so fleeting. It's like, OK, I did that one trick where I just whip it around real quick. Now, what do I do? You know, like you just run out of stuff to do on a jet ski really quick. But now <sighs> jet skis are there are two stories I want to briefly talk about. About how not only are they a bad purchase, because I can't re- imagine they retain that much value after no, you that, put one on the that, water. No, no, dude, this is crazy. They are way more expensive than you think. Like yeah. a decent jet ski that can maybe pull a kid on a tube behind it, like a good jet ski. Yeah. You're talking like fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, they just seem like bad And used wow. ones are still like twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars. It's like yeah. this is a car. Like yeah. you think you can get one for like two grand. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, and, and no one's commuting unless you live and work on a canal. I'm sorry, it's not a good commuter. We're <laughs> like close proximity to a canal. You yeah. still on the wetsuit and head to work in the morning with a briefcase. <laughs> you know, if you structured your life hypothetically around working and living near, near some sort of interconnected waterway system, I could see the investment. Otherwise, right. probably pretty poor. Anyway, right. now they're contributing to the pandemic, guys. I want to bring you two stories. One comes from Scotland, where a man named Dale McLaughlin, uh, you know, he's had a tough quarantine. He's been separated from his girlfriend, the love of his life, because she lives on an island out in like the Scottish Sea uh, called the Isle of Man. Now, it's about 25 miles off the coast of That's Scotland. That's a famous one. Yeah. Yeah. It's about 25 miles off the coast of Scotland, and they've been untouched by the pandemic because they're literally I- an island. Um, and so their COVID protocols for visitors for people coming on and off the island are very, very strict. Well, our friend Dale has missed his girlfriend who, her name is Jessica. She lives on the Isle of Man and he decided it was time for them to get engaged. And he's the type of guy that if he's going to do it, he's going to do it in in person. So he hatched a plan. I think everybody who gets engaged does it in person. (laughs) Well, well, I'm just saying she's stuck on an island. She's stuck on an island. He could have zoomed it. He could have zoomed it. But he decided that he was going to risk the COVID protocols and here was his plan. He went to the local marina by his home in Scotland and claimed that he was going to be selling his jet ski because right now you're not supposed to be doing the, the, the laws over there right now with lockdown stuff are pretty strict. So he told the people in the marina, hey, I just need to put her in the water for a few. Get ready to put it on the market. Going to Craigslist the old jet ski. I'll be back in a few. It's not a big deal. Well, they saw him take off and head straight for the horizon on the jet ski. <laughs> In the ice cold Irish Sea. Let's go. He he he, he proceeded girl, to take a backpack out and just girl. blasted towards the blasted towards the We're talking this Irish Sea. Okay. This is northern stormy ice cold waters. Now in his mind, he projected that twenty-five miles in ice cold stormy the ice cold stormy Irish Sea. That's about a forty-five minute jaunt. He'll find a place to sneak onto the island, ask the proposal, and jet ski on back home. Well, the people in Scotland got pretty concerned when he just took off and didn't return. <laughs> His 45-minute journey ended up about
about four and a half hours and he nearly died out there because <laughs> oh my God. 25 miles of open water is a long way, especially when it's icy and stormy. He eventually made it to the Isle of Man where uh, authorities had called ahead to say, you might want to keep a lookout for a guy that left here about four hours ago on a jet ski headed your way. We lost sight because 25 miles is further than the human eye can see. <laughs> so when he showed up to the island, he was promptly arrested and now he is oh. he is in a 14 day quarantine jail cell um, where he will spend the next two weeks the good news is his girlfriend has says that she will marry him even though he never got around to proposing so you know Dale oh, you, je- you jeopardize the health of an entire quaint little island there um, but I, I like the romantic gesture now a Georgia teen also found out the hard way that uh, on the on the weight of preserving the the health of of a local community and her love for jet skis is a deadly combination because her boyfriend was competing competing in a jet ski competition in the Cayman Islands and she decided there is no way I can miss this jet ski competition which right. by the way jet ski competitions unless it's big ra- this was a race that seems like a really boring race to me like I'm off like I'm offered jet ski jumps and flips and ramps but if we're just talking racing I don't need to see that I could I could I could just hear the recap and be fine oh he came in third in the race how did it go well two guys finished ahead got the whole picture it's not like hey you should have seen it I did a gainer I did a full gainer a frontwards backflip on a freaking jet ski it was awesome and you missed it no this is a race she could have got the recap anyway she went down there and she broke their quarantine laws and the the, the Cayman Islands ain't the Isle of Man they don't lock you up for, for two weeks she is going to be serving a four month stint in a jail in the Cayman Islands for sneaking down and Jeopardy, jeopardizing the community, not adhering to quarantine rules, and oh. uh, you know, and and worst of all, she missed the jet ski race. So, <laughs> oh. Oh so jet skiers out there, I don't know what it is. We're all we're on the brink here, guys. We got a vaccine <laughs> on the horizon. Jet, you crazy jet skiers that are that are in you know making this pandemic worth. Just just do some, chill for now. Just chill with the jet ski. That's all. Relax. That's all. Hey, yeah. here's what you see from this: is love makes you do crazy things. Yeah. These people, they were going after their love. Yeah, I mean, part of me is like, oh, it's pretty crappy that they endangered the, those those the, those you know communities that were literally on an island protected. But hey, look, <laughs> for love of a lover and the love of a jet ski, what will people not do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have, Derek? So Apple is making a car. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so no, I heard about this because like they uh, Project Titan, they call it, right? Yeah. And they've been, I, they were working I, I mean, on it. They were working on, it, but then like they laid off a bunch of people a couple years ago, and then yeah. the industry said, "Oh, they're not making a car." They changed their mind. So you're saying it's back, huh? It's it's back. I like I I already have the the watch. I got the phone. Right now, I'm probably gonna have a car. I ain't gonna even lie. Like just. The interconnectivity of it all is probably going to get me. What makes it special besides Apple made it? Nothing. Well, the, it's really, really hush hush. So 2024 is when they they want to try to debut it. But when you think about it, you got CarPlay. They've been doing that. So they've been kind of mm-hmm. moving towards this. And then they're mm-hmm. also saying that they're, they're thinking about or they're working on the self-driving stuff. So they're going to drop the self-driving software before the vehicle. So I... I Tesla's full self-driving is probably coming out in the spring. Yeah. Like, 
yeah. full autonomous. Would you, would you go? Would you get a self-driving car? Oh, absolutely. well, you gotta have your hand. You gotta have your hand on the wheel too. Like, every it, once it, in a while, like every once in a while, it'll be so like, hey, awake. nudge, nudge, yeah. yeah, make sure you're not sleeping. Dude, absolutely. <sighs> the idea I that I can sit there and sure. say, drive me to whatever, and then I can just like play Candy Crush or something on my phone? Heck yeah. I love like it. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, I mean, you know, I think the thing that Apple is best at, you know, for a while, Apple didn't consider themselves a technology company. They considered themselves a design company, but they happen mm. to make technology products, right? Like at, at their heart, Apple is our designers, right? Um, right. And, and when you look at the major innovations that they brought to either personal computing or mobile Phones. devices, yeah. it, it really is how the user interfaces with the technology. Like nothing standalone is... You know, I mean, they use Intel processors. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, not anymore. No, not well, anymore. Well, well, they well, cut well, the middleman out. Well, I guess my, my point is like the technology advancements themselves are impressive, but not like mind blowing. It's the way they have trained people to interact with technology in ways that they haven't, people didn't really consider sure. before sure. Apple came along. Mm-hmm. That's what's most exciting to me about the Apple car is not just like functionally what it will be able to do, because Cameron, to your point, I think other companies will be able to catch up pretty quick. But it, it is how seamlessly that the technology will interact with the driver. That's that's how Apple's changed the game and every kind of new market they've entered in isn't, hey, our technology is better. Yeah, in a lot of cases it is, but it's we will make the interface, we will make this interface with the experience in a way that people haven't ever conceived of before. That's kind of exciting to see what they bring to the car thing. Yeah, and their designs are, I mean, I love the way my Apple phone feels. It feels useful, functional, so... I just got a feeling that if 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 anyone's going to do the electric car correct, yeah. it's going to be Apple, uh, yeah, yeah. In, in my opinion. But I just but thought that was, think about this, like you go from a computer to phones to MP3 player, like, like even Apple Music, like you think about how innovative Watches. that is. And then mm-hmm. now to a vehicle, like how, like, I guess that's my thing now is like, how do you get from a computer to making an actual car. I just think that's pretty interesting. Even the idea of them doing it, you know, it, it may fall flat on his face. I mean, I don't think EV, I mean, electric vehicles, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. I think that's the future. Yeah. For and sure. I think that this is a great pivot, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, they, when they, when Apple steps into a space, they're never the first, mm-hmm. there were smartphones before there's blackberries mm-hmm. and things, but they, they do a thing that kind of like makes it mass accessible and like, mm-hmm. and simple, you know, and it's stable and it works. So obviously there's early adopters with electric vehicles. I'm one of them, but, mm-hmm. but Apple's going to make it probably for the masses and it'll work simply. And it'll, you know, it'll just take the technology to another level. Probably I'm excited. Like anytime they enter a new space, like good things happen. So, uh, all right. What do you have, Jamie? Hey, they're the ones that need to be in- inventing new toilet seat technologies, not the <laughs> people, right. not the people at the cushion factory. The, the, the my pillow guys, like, listen, I got this pillow technology. Let's give another run at these toilet seats, guys. We got to diversify. <laughs> Hand that over to Apple. They'll think of something. All right, sorry, Jamie. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, okay, guys, I've been I have been waiting to share this with you guys for so long because I read this article in the middle of December and it made me so happy and it's perfect to talk about in the new year because listen, the two people people in this article, Anthony and Billy, I want to be like both of them when I grow up. Okay. Are you ready? You guys are going to love this too, because it's about basketball. So here it is. Love it. Um, Cameron, who's your basketball team? 
Orlando Magic. Okay, sorry. This is about Miami Heat, so I think that might oh, be one of your competitors. Dang. I know. <laughs> Our hated rivals. Our hated right. rivals. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a really good story that happened in the early 2000s. Okay, anyone remember Anthony Carter? No, yeah. you don't. Oh, you do. Anthony Carter. He was bald. Okay. I, I remember his face. I remember okay, his well, Right, played- that's like 60% of basketball <laughs> players. Wait, wait. Bald? Hold on, hold on. Bald, tall guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet he's, is he black? He's black. <laughs> I remember him. I remember his face. I remember his face. Yeah. Somewhere I'd say between six and seven foot tall. Five, vaguely, I'm coming to me. Athletic build? Yeah, yes, yeah, I remember yes. him. Okay, yeah. well, let me tell you about Anthony Carter and why I'm now an Anthony Carter fan for life, okay? <laughs> Anthony Carter played for Miami Heat, and this was in the early two. 2000s um he like here's something you might remember he he beat um the knicks at the buzzer in game three of the 2000 eastern conference semifinals so that's where he was like oh that what he's what he was known for but he never had like he never really had like a great season he was off the Mm. bench all the things so he was 27 on the 2002-2003 season and he I don't understand how this works, but he was planning to exercise a 4.1 million player option to remain in Miami. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was his option right there. He, he was like, mm-hmm. of course, it was a no brainer because he was coming off a, di- a disappointing season. So 4.1 million is what mm-hmm. he was wanting to do, except his agent, Billy Duffy, failed to notify them by the deadline. Yep. Which means he became a free agent and lost $4.1 million. It cost him about $3 million. He ended up at the San Antonio Spurs and got like $750,000, which is a lot of money, but he could have had $4.1. Okay, so all of this happened. And Anthony Carter, this 27-year-old kid, I mean, compared to us, 27-year-old, he said that he was never considered firing Duffy. He was like, he was for me. I wasn't mad. It was a mistake. But listen to what Billy Duffy, his agent did. Billy Duffy made an agreement to pay him back $3 million. And he paid his final payment in December of 2020. He wow. paid him back the money he lost him. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah so, I, I can't like, lie. That's amazing. That's amazing because he could have just been like, oh, I'm sorry, whatever. But here's where I think you guys might also like this. So, what happened then is when he didn't get that 4.1 million, Pat Riley, who was the president, he then had more money. I don't know how it all works. You guys know, but he signed Lamar Odom as a free agent. Okay. Mm-hmm. A year mm-hmm. later, they traded him for Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Two years later, they won the NBA championship. So they're like Duffy's clerical error. It allowed them to get a championship, which is bad, you know, but they, he got his 3 million over 20 something years or almost 20 years. And Billy Duffy, and Anthony Carter are my MVPs of 2020 because he could have been mad. He wasn't. Billy could have walked out. He didn't. He paid him back. I'm so happy about this story so much. Oh, I'd have still been mad. I don't even lie. Yeah. He, but, he wasn't, uh, you but know, also... Shout, shout out to Billy, though. I mean, hey, hey Billy. Hey, Billy. Even, no disrespect I when I say this, but I mean very literal here. You had one job, and that's my contract. <laughs> And the contract only the only contract only comes up once every like four years. So yeah, plenty of runway time. Just next time, mark it on your calendar. Why don't you just go ahead and circle the whole year it's coming up and just daily kind of check in. Hey, is the one thing I'm supposed to do, which is check on the contract? That I have four years to worry about? Like, yeah. is that coming up, Billy? That hey, I, shout out to Billy, though. Like, no, shout out to Billy. But also, but Billy, I'm with Jesse on this one, dog. I'm like, I, 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 but Billy couldn't have been, he had to have been upset, too, because, you know, Billy lost a bunch of money in that deal he as did. well. I mean, I, you know, I don't feel that bad for Billy. I gotta be honest. A very preventable problem. It's like, Billy, what, did, what would you say 
you do here because <laughs> well, B- the- Bill Duffy is one of the top player agents in the NBA. I mean, I he has say, the biggest stars. Yeah. He has all the you know, yeah. whatever. And and Anthony Carter just wasn't that top tier client. Yeah, and he just got lost. He fell through the cracks. And yeah. and you know you're kind of. I, I just think it's right for Bill Duffy to to make right by him. That was that's was, a good story. I, I love that so much because he he made it right. And our, Anthony stuck with him. And he also said one of the reasons he never really got angry with him is because Anthony Carter was never, like you said, Cameron, this like star basketball player. Right. But Billy Duffy believed in him from the beginning. Even before he even got drafted, he was like cheering him on. And so he's like, he was there with me from the get go. And they're still friends today. He also said he's never one time joked with Billy about it. Like, you know, I'd be like, Billy, remember that $3 million you cost me? Yeah. How's that going? He never joked with him about it once. Yeah, because he want to get paid back. Yeah. Now that that's cleared, you know, I'd be like, oh, hey, remember oh, that? Oh, you finna uh, get these jokes, Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you finna yeah. get these I mean, jokes. So, Mr. Nice Guy's gone now, Billy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, got three, uh, I got three million jokes queued up for you. <laughs> so, Jamie, I didn't. I was trying to nudge you, but I didn't want to say it. Uh-oh. But Bill Duffy is one of the top NBA uh, agents, free or you know, uh, player agents. Very famous guy. Right now, he has over five hundred million dollars of player contracts that he's done this year. And his name is Bill Duffy, not Billy. Just FYI. Like if you Google him, it's Bill Duffy. It's not Billy Duffy. You know, see, see <laughs> but you know what? I think the story was so warm. Like Billy is a lot more <laughs> like. It Billy. sounds like a Billy. Yeah, it sounds better. Has- it's like a Billy thing. I like his name is Billy. And listen, I swear we're coining it here. We're coining it right now. And Bill Duffy, the high powered agent, is now I'm Billy. This article is Billy. Again. Can, can, can I can I just make an observation about the name Billy? Billy's never come up with Billy. Bill, I don't Billy. know. It's such a warm story. You just wanted to make it warm. I don't know, but I'll just send you the link from the New York Times. I'm and, reading uh, the New York Times article and I can't see. It doesn't say Billy anywhere. Where did that nowhere. come up with Billy? It's Bill Duffy. It says right. Bill and I, I think wrote you down got a Billy. Duffy. I think you got Duffy and added the Y to the Bill. She's thinking of Billy Duff. That's the confusion. <laughs> Billy Duff, not Bill Duffy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You did say Bill and I was like, maybe Cameron just calls him Bill, but I call him Billy. So no, I, I was thinking you knew like his friends call him Billy and you were like you know you talk to him. Do, though. I bet his friends do call him Billy. That's where He's I came a up terrifying with powerful agent. I don't think people are nah. calling him Billy. They Here's call a- that man William. <laughs> William. <laughs> can, can I just say can I just say Billy is probably in the top five most untrustworthy names. Like if you meet someone with Billy I always expect him first off to be like a Texas an old school Texas oil man with a cool hat and boots. Hey yeah. Billy Jones here. And it's like or like a weird mattress salesman on TV, that's a Billy. Like it's a, <laughs> kind of better call saw. Yeah, is it, it, style. Do, you know? you want to know the Billy that got away with the biggest heist of all time? Billy the Kid. Bill no, Duffy. No, no, Who? Billy Blanks selling them Tybo tapes. That hey. is oh, the. Oh, that, yes, I had those Tybo tapes. Yes. Now you want to talk about a crook? He got away with a lot of people's money. Hey, People good for him, man. Kung Fu kicks. Jamie, Shout out you to did Billy Blanks. Yeah, I had the ta- I had the DVDs. Yes, did I did. You, did. Did you, you for do real? Them? Did huh? you actually do it? Like, yeah, I did it. Probably threw my back out too, but I tried. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would. He had the best infomercials, though. You would watch that at like yeah. twelve thirty at night and be like. I can do what he's doing. And next thing you know, in two days, it's at your doorstep. And you're like, you what, what happened at 1230 the other night? No That's way. That's the truth. Like what? Like what? Like the, everything going to streaming. We have lost the magic of late night infomercials. Yeah. No. Yeah. Think about, 
like what there's i guess maybe instagram ads instagram is replacing because it i just bought yeah. something yesterday from instagram that they promised me would get here by christmas and i could put it in my kids stock because late so. at night friday night one in the morning two in the morning you're just kind of flipping through you land on an infomercial you're right you end up buying the thing mm-hmm. now it's you're laying in bed scrolling yeah. instagram Guys, you're buying the thing. Yeah, you i bought up, a fake yeah. rolex off an instagram <laughs> ad and it has not arrived yet that was two years ago it's not coming so it's just it's, it's not, not coming. coming dude you roll the dice with those instagram ads man <laughs> no. i i i I bought like, you know, my wife, some like, I don't know. They were like cool looking kind of hipstery, like sweatpant type of situation. Got here. I'm like, this ain't even what it's in the picture. I don't think it's the right color. Like these, <laughs> these might be jeans. I don't even know what this is. I feel like, I think, I think I just ordered generic pants and they just grabbed some yeah. at the, at the Wawi factory or whatever that. Uh, weird, they went to H&M. They just that, that, that weird, that weird, like Chinese Amazon where, you know, wish. it's a, yeah, wish where it's like, Hey, you want this Yee St. Laurent jacket? It's marked down to $7 and you're like, all right, well, what a deal. You know, and it comes, and it's like I think this is for a doll for one I don't think this is for a right. human and two this is an old starter jacket so yeah they, they, they got a little off alright uh, well that, that'll do it for slices I can't slices. even call the Billy I'm sorry the whole Bill. time the I'm whole sorry, time Bill. I'm sitting over here like one of those guys landing an airplane like telling them where to park I'm like trying to flag you down like you're saying the wrong name oh, oh it well. makes me laugh oh well alright stay tuned up next Levi let's go we call him Levy <laughs> get over here Billy <laughs> I've been dancing in my room, swaying my feet, trying to get you love and a kiss on the cheek. Caught in candy skies like I'm stuck in a dream. And I've been feeling blue, you're the one that I need. Dancing in my room, swaying my feet, trying to get you love and a kiss on the cheek. Caught in candy skies like I'm stuck in You're listening to 347 Aiden. The song is Dancing in My Room. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Convoy of Hope. Life has changed these last several months. Businesses have shut their doors. Millions of people have lost their jobs. And no one really knows when life will return to normal. But often in the midst of despair, hope flourishes. And while the situation may feel bleak, hope is being delivered across the nation. Convoy of Hope is doing everything it can to help people during this crisis. Their team embarked on a mission to provide 10 million meals to people in desperate need. But to date, they've delivered more than 100 million meals to those hit hardest by the pandemic. If you'd like to support their ongoing mission to deliver help to those who need it most, visit convoyofhope.org slash relevant. That's convoyofhope.org slash relevant. Whether it's a share on social media, a prayer or a financial gift, they're grateful for any help we can send their way. Get behind them. They're an amazing organization. Convoyofhope.org slash relevant. Levi Lesko is a best-selling author, speaker, and pastor of Fresh Life Church. He sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee recently to talk about finding peace in difficult times, navigating relationships in a time of deep division, and how 2021 could look different than 2020 did. Here's part of our conversation with Levi Lesko. So, Levi, we are, are speaking towards the end of the year. Looking back and reflecting on 2020, what were some of the big takeaways for you? This has been, I think, a chance for all of us to see what's really what was really there, what was really going on. You know, you find out what's in a cup when you when you slam into it; it's what comes out. I think, to some extent, 
of 2020 showed how relationally, spiritually, um, a lot of us were, what was really going on under the water, you know, and I think we, we found out what's really there, what, what the busyness of our lives, what the, um, overcommitted maybe, uh, I think we have all discovered, uh, some, some weaknesses maybe, and some deficiencies that has been kind of forced to the surface with the pressure and the intensity of this year. With, uh, with, Pandemic season kind of hopefully winding down a little bit here soon as more people get vaccinated. Do you think that 2020 is going to leave people uh, different than it was when it came? I mean, I guess I would say I hope so. I I would hope that any significant um, turbulence or disturbance that the wise would take the chance to either um, improve through it or learn from it. Um, you know, I mean, thinking about like, what do we call the greatest generation? That was a generation who dealt with depression and, and war. Uh, so there's a profound opportunity in adversity to, to be challenged, to be, to be deepened. So if God allowed us to, to experience a, a once in a hundred year pandemic, then um, we, none of us got to choose to go in it, but we all, do to be glib a little bit, get to choose how we come out of it, you know? And so I think for me personally, um, I've chosen to let this be a time of listening, um, a time of uh, self-improvement. You know, it's been a chance to do more work on myself, to grow, to make some changes, to make some choices uh, differently. And and then also to say coming out of this, um, even when life does open up again and we could be on airplanes every day and be doing the thousand things, maybe the, the, the slowdown period was a chance to, to reassess what are the best yeses? What are the, what are the legacy plays? What are the things that I want to be giving myself over to in, in, in normal, you know, lifetime when, when there's not government imposed <laughs> restrictions on our, 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 our moving around. So with all the restrictions, that were put in place. Uh, the, the whole idea of church, even just conceptually, kind of got called into question. If we can't meet together on Sunday mornings, then then what is it, church? How has your church responded during the whole season? Yeah, you know, it's weird. Uh, there's there's a, there's what's allowed, and then there's what's comfortable culturally in a context. And what we had to wrestle with was. First of all, we live in a rural, where I live in Minister is more rural. So it's more spread out. So we lagged behind in the shutdowns. So like we were having church still when Chicago wasn't allowed to and, and Seattle wasn't allowed to. And there still wasn't anything coming from our county. And obviously it's county by county. So you're, you're listening. It's like, so we were kind of like proceed with caution. And it seemed like whatever we were seeing play out in more urban areas, it would be two, three weeks. And then we would experience it here. And then on the other side of it, it opened up faster too. So obviously we, we moved into phase two, phase one, then phase two faster than, you know, New Mexico and Oregon uh, in Montana. And so we were kind of watching that, but then we're also just watching cultural comfort level. So for <laughs> just to be really specific, when I saw people starting to feel comfortable going to the rodeo and sitting in bleachers with a thousand people watching a rodeo, it's like, all right, there's a comfort level here. So for us, we were a little bit on the late side. We were one of the last churches in, in the city I broadcast from anyhow, was one of the last churches to start meeting because I just felt like to a person who's not a Jesus follower, it just looked like off 
the, the opposite of evangelism to be super demanding about our rights to me, you know, when it feels like it's insensitive to hospitals that could be filled with, you know, COVID patients where they have no room for someone who got in a car accident to have a bed, you know, so we were a little on the slow side to the point that when we did feel like, okay, it's time, uh, we were already at that point having calls every day, people telling us, hey, we're leaving the church because we're finding a church that's meeting and stuff. And so we just had to listen to the Holy Spirit and feel in agreement uh, amongst our leadership team and not, you know, try and please everybody. I know something that a lot of leaders have had to deal with has been all the these cultural divides that seem to only be getting sharper. People are feeling it in their relationships and their families. Do you have any advice on how to handle those conversations, whether they're political or cultural or social or usually kind of a stew of all three of those. Do you have any idea how to handle those in a gentle and effective way? I've, I've found every landmine and I've, I've found them by stepping on them. So I'll just say that, but I've tried to focus on Jesus, focus on people's, you know, biblical worldview and understanding those things and, and then help them to, you know, make their own, make their own wise decisions and care about the things that, that care, uh, to, that God cares about. But I think at the end of, at the end of the day, we're not going to, if we're following Jesus, well, we're not going to be able to be perfectly put into any man-made camp or division, but also having the mentality that's sort of a long game in mind, like to die on a hill for this election one way or the other. In, in four years, there's going to be another president, there's going to be another election, there's going to be another thing. So it's like those who are despondent or those who are, are, are exultant, at the end of the day, in my, in my lifetime, how many presidential elections has there been? This one happens to be so much more cantankerous because of the pressure cooker we're living in. But having a mentality that, you know, presidents come and go, kings come and go, uh, but Jesus is still going to be building his church. And so to be still seeking to impart value to people, helping people um, walk through the, the daily mess of their lives and see that in the crisis is the opportunity to bring God glory. That's kind of where, where I've been at, the headspace I've been in. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, Take Back Your Life. That came out in August, right? Yeah. So we released our first devotional in August called Take Back Your Life. Uh, it's a 40-day approach to devotional life or, you know, spiritual formation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we we kind of had it around the felt needs of anxiety, depression, and grief. And so I've written a lot about grief because I lost a child. Uh, my wife and I had a little girl go to heaven in 2012, uh, right around this time of year. And so I wrote a book about grief and my struggling to make sense of the goodness of God in the, the difficulty of, of death. And then my other book was about self-management, emotional intelligence, learning to read your own emotions, to regulate your responses to different moods and to, to be more self-aware and responding to people that frustrate you. And so we kind of thought, hey, man, in between those, those two subjects, there's sort of a, a middle space because what the theme is, is that it's external battles and internal difficulties. And so this is a 40-day journey, regardless of which of the two, because they're all connected too, by the way. Grief causes you to become, at times, less self-aware and, and, and have a harder time dif- regulating your moods. Um, so we wrote this to help people read, up, read scriptures, write out their prayers. So at the end of every day of reading, I have a section called Breathe, Think, and Live. And I encourage people to take a little bit of space and just breathe deeply. The Bible talks about um, God like like air, and I, I really believe there's something to the Holy Spirit that is involved in just the air that we breathe, pneuma, this wind, and God refreshing and recharging. And when I'm feeling stressed and anxious, I literally will just 
sit down for five, 10 minutes and just practice my breathing. And I'll incorporate prayer and meditation to that. But there really is something to that. And I think that's one of the most powerful things to me about this Take Back Your Life product. So for those of us who feel like we don't have control over our thoughts and emotions during these times, uh, well, what's your advice on how, how to start? What are our first steps? From my experience with anxiety, from my experience with, with grief, first regulating. That's, and that's that slow it down. When you're breathing shallow, when your mind is racing, it becomes very difficult. So you have to calm. You have to calm down. David said in the Psalms, I have learned to calm myself like a weaned child. And I have a three-year-old. He's a weaned child. He's not breastfeeding. He's not on a bottle. He's, he's weaned. So he's a little boy. But I watch him. When he's stressed out, he'll come sit on my lap. He'll lay his head back. And he, calm, he calms down. So when David said, I learned to calm myself, I think there's really a power in learning to regulate that, that bringing down that storm, bringing down that intensity, shutting off that phone. So it might be, and I give very practical things, it might be going for a walk. It might be some time spent without your phone. It might be taking a shower with the lights off, whatever it is. And then from there, I think it's beginning to spot the lies that you've been believing because all of us to some extent believe lies. And that's where a lot of our dark behavior, a lot of our, our shadow sides come out into the light and we you know, are, are end up being, and in the book, I call it the version of you that you don't want to be easily triggered, super touchy, totally territorial. Essentially, we stop being grounded. We're no longer comfortable in our own skin. Those little things to do biologically, little hacks, uh, but then also spotting the lies that you're believing. This is what gives me meaning. This is who I am. If I don't have this, I'm nothing. And then uh, from there, replacing the lies with, with truth from God's word. And uh, so those are some of the, the things that I think that, that have helped me. And really, I'm not purporting to be an expert in any of these things. These are just some things that have helped me along the way, following Christ, leading in the church and you know, marriage, family, all that. That was Levi Lesko. Follow him on Instagram at Levi Lesko. Stay tuned up next. We're going to tell you all about the new issue. Listening to Pharrell Williams, Song is Freedom. Now, why are we playing Pharrell Williams in the middle of our podcast? Well, let me tell you, fine listener, it is because he is on the cover of the January issue of Relevant, which just released yesterday. Uh, to tell you all about the issue, please welcome our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. So, Tyler, this is exciting, man. I mean, Pharrell's, Pharrell, you know, part of that conversation we have, Pharrell, appeared on this podcast a couple of months ago when his new show on Netflix debuted. We wanted wanted to have a little timely taste for the listener, but a more in-depth piece we'd always been planning to do. We've been working on um, a, a cover story with Pharrell, talking about his spiritual journey, why he wanted to do that show, and so much more. Yeah, it's so much fun to do. The mark of a true celeb is when you can go by your first name only. That's my goal. I I know it's probably all of ours goal eventually. And Pharrell, Pharrell is the original. He's the OG. He was just known. He he was just known as a hat. All you had to do was draw the draw the the mountain hat. 
Yep. <laughs> you could just be his shadow. Uh, so that's like, obviously, it's, you know, it's fun to talk to to guys like that. And it's but it's also fun to talk to somebody who who was willing to go do a, a show like he did. Talk to us about spirituality, about his faith, about his experience in the church growing up. That's something that a lot of people are extremely cagey about. Pharrell's fearless. He's he's got the sort of too big to fail career where he can really go into that stuff. And I thought it was super it, it was not that surprising, but still very fun to hear him talk about his ideas about the connection between spirituality and God and music and how that flows into all the people that he's worked with. A really, really good conversation that helps I, me at least uh, appreciate his work more. Now, longtime listeners uh, and readers of our magazine know, uh, should know, that about a year ago, we, we, after 17 years of publishing the print magazine, we put the print edition on hiatus. 2021 uh, is part of a new era uh, where we are doing what we're calling a digital first publishing strategy. So we are still doing six bi-monthly issues, but they are being released digitally uh, for free. And then uh, they will culminate every fall in the September uh, timeframe. Every fall, we're going to culminate with a print edition. That's going to be the best of the previous year. So we started this new era of Relevant Magazine in September. This is our third issue. It's issue 104 overall. It's our third issue of digital first publishing. And then uh, the Pharrell piece and some of the best features throughout the year will be in our print edition available this coming fall. Uh, if you were a subscriber of Relevant Magazine, um, we will be in touch with you uh, in the coming weeks about all of the new things that we're rolling out for our subscribers this year. But right now, this new issue of Relevant 104 with Pharrell on the cover is free. You can go to relevantmagazine.com, click on the magazine tab, and there it is. Uh, let me tell you, let's t- let's give the listeners uh, a preview of some of the other features in this issue so they can go check it out. Uh, another exciting one is, I- I'll tell you, I was watching it over the holidays, and I know so many other people were as well. Pixar Pixar's new feature, Soul. Yeah. We have the 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 people behind Soul, the brain behind mm-hmm. Soul is mm-hmm. is in the issue. Yeah, Pete Doctor is really the he's sort of the guy who built Pixar as we know it today. He he wasn't employee number one. I believe he was employee number ten. But now, if there is insofar as there is a face behind Pixar, I think Pete is that face. Uh, he's he started out as an animator. Now he's a director and a writer. Co-wrote Soul, co-directed Soul, and he was able to sit down and talk to it. Obviously, you know we we like pretty much any Pixar movie, but Soul falls into our lane in a really unique way yeah. among Pixar uh, because it go it deals with the spiritual, with the immaterial, even with the afterlife a little bit. And he was very willing to talk about those things, talk about some of the religious experts that they went to while writing this to try to make sure they got the, the afterlife as a, as right as possible, we'll say, uh, for something like this. And all, and it goes beyond that, too, to like the emotions involved. Uh, he was able to talk about some of the complications. Uh, this is, I wasn't even aware, Pixar's very first black hero, their black protagonist. And he talked about the decisions that led to that as well. And some of the music, if you've seen it, uh, I, don't, I won't spoil any more of it for you, but there's a lot of really interesting stuff. If you like the stuff that Relevant's interested in, then you'll be interested <laughs> in Soul, and you'll definitely be interested in this conversation. Yeah. Well, if they're not, why are they listening to this? Yeah. Show? I don't, well, why I don't why know. have they made it this far? I don't know. Some of you know, <laughs> like maybe our parents are listening just to be polite and boost the numbers <laughs> a little bit. 
Um, okay, a couple other ones that stood out. I mean, I, I'll give the full uh, TOC in a second, but uh, you had a conversation with uh, soul singer Aloe Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't uh, I like when something's kind of unexpected. I, I like Aloe's music a lot. Have always appreciated the stuff that he did. Uh, but man, what a thoughtful guy! Just a super interesting. Uh, I would say very strategic idea of the what he wants to put into culture and and how he views his songwriting, not just in terms of his own uh, sort of spiritual uh, execution, but but what he wants to shape, what he wants the future to look like, what he wants the future of music to look like in America. And uh, the way he goes about that, I have not had a conversation with any musician working for this magazine about somebody who is quite has quite the same idea about songwriting as he does. It was super cool. Right. And, and, and listeners also got a, a taste of that conversation uh, a month or two ago here on the podcast, but it was there's it goes so much further in the future. You should go check it out. But that that segment on the podcast was really compelling. Yeah. Uh, if if anybody has kind of had a moment uh, <laughs> in our lane in the last few months, especially. It's somebody who you wouldn't have expected. I, I actually looked over the break. I did that uh, top nine thing for Instagram, right? Uh-huh. And so I looked at Relevance top nine posts of the last year. Three of our top nine <laughs> were us posting a tweet by Beth Moore. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> they yeah. all got over yeah. like 10,000 likes. It was crazy. And uh, Beth Moore is really having a moment, especially you know a few weeks ago when she started calling out the kind of Christian nationalism, Trumpism mm-hmm. thing, which really hasn't been addressed in the way she did by many Christian leaders. Uh, we have a feature with Beth, a conversation with Beth, and and a lot more. Tell tell us about it. Yeah, so this is some. I've it's been fun to be on sort of the front lines of this. We've talked to to Beth a couple of times over the last few years, and she's been able to keep us kind of. I would say updated about her trajectory, about the things that she wants to talk about. And I, I, this, I would say, yeah, this reached a culmination at the end of 2020, at the end of last year. And it became a big moment. They were talking about her on MSNBC and uh, Tom Arnold proposed her, you know, it was like a, it was a whole thing. And uh, that's something that we were very interested in. I think a lot of people who, uh, I think a lot of especially Christians were because we've been looking for somebody like Beth and she really came through. And so we, we analyzed that moment, uh, taking some of the conversations we've had with her, with other experts on sort of the trajectory of what of Christianity in America to really try to figure out what happened in that moment. And uh, I don't know that I've seen anybody, uh, you know, I, I, it's a hard thing to know what you're talking about if you haven't been in it for a while. We have been. So I think we, was able to get, we were able to provide kind of, hopefully, I think, a unique informed perspective on what exactly is going on there. Absolutely. There's so much more in the issue, everyone. Uh, we have a conversation with one of our favorite worship artists, John Mark McMillan, uh, one of our favorite entrepreneurs, Liz Bohannon. Uh, we, we have a, a conversation with John Mark Comer. Uh, really good conversation have, with Comer there. Love that. That guy is so smart and was so thoughtful. Brilliant. And, and I, every question I threw at him, he was ready to go. It was great. We have uh, also, we look at, we look at uh, a, a way that maybe we should change how we read the Bible this year. Yeah. It's a, it's a good perspective challenge on that one. And also a big one. This is a big one, especially after 2020, uh, a Christian justice manifesto. This is something that relevance been championing and talking about really for over a decade. But if you've, if you felt like 
this tension between political ideology and biblical ideology as it relates to justice issues about mm-hmm. life, about poverty, about uh, the least of these. Read this piece, the Christian Justice Manifesto. It breaks down kind of this pro-life biblical worldview into five buckets, talks about ways you can go deeper, give stats, talks about ways you can get involved, make a difference. Read that. Christian Justice Manifesto is just one of the features available right now in the new issue of Relevant. The January-February issue with Pharrell on the cover, it's available now, went up yesterday, January 4th, uh, because the holiday weekend came out a little bit late. It's available now. Go to relevantmagazine.com, click on the magazine tab. It's right there. It's free. Enjoy it. Share it. Help us get word out. I think you guys will like it a lot. Hey, Tyler, thanks for joining us, man. Great job on the issue as always, but this was a really good one. Yeah, I hope everybody likes it a lot. I enjoyed putting it together. All right, everybody. Go check it out. Stay tuned up next. Your feedback. Soccer mommy, the song is crawling in my skin. Hey, yo, <laughs> that's a name right there. Soccer buddy. mommy, that's a name. Indie artist. I like I, it. I, I'm curious about like, are they identifying as a soccer mommy, or are they like answering a question like, "What do you want to do today, son?" Soccer mommy. You know, like I'd be interested to see <laughs> soccer, comma mommy, or soccer mommy. You know, is soccer. Being used as a noun or an adjective there. I'm just curious. That's all. You know, it was, it's actually soccer mom, but, but, uh, the notes that I have were written by Jamie and she added the Y to the end of mom, (laughs) like Billy. Oh, Billy soccer mommy. (laughs) All right. It's time for your feedback. So now we got to go back in time because the last couple episodes you guys heard were our best of the year episodes while the cast was on holiday break. Uh, so going all the way back to the Tuesday show, the last Tuesday show of December was December 22nd. We got talking about classic Christmas movies and uh we kind of have the same pool every year we got your home alones we got your christmas story you got your elf and we wanted some new ones we wanted to jazz up the options so we asked you to tell us your ideas for new christmas movies that you want to see made summary title and who would star in them you hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and you also answered on the episode post on the relevant magazine instagram page here's a few of our favorites all right my guy bob green he says, Merry COVID Christmas. It's the Brady Bunch gets tired of zooming in their tic-tac-toe board. Mm-hmm. They get together in New Zealand where asymptomatic Greg reignites the pandemic. All original cast. Yeah, you throw a jet ski a in. Jet and ski. I'm, yeah, I'm all, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one writes itself. Okay. Yep. Campbell, this this one honestly is hilarious, but it's it's so plausible that you know it wouldn't shock me if this happened. I'd totally watch it. It's called <laughs> it's called Christmas. I would absolutely watch this. Okay, it's called Christmas Treasure, and of course, it stars Nicolas Cage. It is it is in the vein of the National Treasure series, but it's a holiday film. Uh, he said it writes itself, which it totally does. Upon <laughs> upon close re- uh, upon close reading of the biblical scroll, scrolls. 
uh, Cage uncovers a winding conspiracy involving the Knights Templar, the U.S. government, and Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> that leads to, of all things, the real manger of baby Jesus. <laughs> of course, they they were expecting to find the wise man's gold. Uh, uh, he's curious. He's furious that he won't be able to afford his new Lamborghini and that he has eyes on. Um, but he expounds upon how the true joy of Christmas is not found in Richard in riches, but the simplicity of the miracle. Look, it even has like. Like a nice little kind of moral uh-huh. plot. Eventually, uh-huh. the Vatican offers them millions to keep the manger, uh, and they all live happily and wealthily after ever. The movie ends with a knock at the door from a mysterious man riding a donkey holding check notes. Easter eggs. Part two coming this spring. I'll pay I'll pay to see that one. Dude, I, I would totally like if Netflix to right now, if there's a Netflix executive scrolling Twitter that came across this and they just call the guy, they're like, hey man, sixty million dollars. Let's do this thing. We know Nick Cage is in. We don't even have to ask him. Like we you know, you just tell him where to pick up the money and, and he's gonna and do he'll, it. he'll figure out the script that morning. My gosh, there are so many there replies. Are so many. This is insane. <laughs> Ryan Plain said, Weekend at Santa's. Jesse Carey, played by David Schwimmer, has to cover for a dead Santa by delivering Christmas gifts for him, but with Santa propped up in the sleigh to keep the world from knowing. <laughs> Strangely, a lot of kids get goggles this year. Man, that's an old school yeah, callback. Yeah, that's an OG reference. Jesse's I like, selling goggles. I wow. like everything about this, except you, David Schwimmer, that's who you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, nothing against him, but I don't feel like I look, sound, or act like him. Only that, yeah. <laughs> And and uh, and the role of Derek Miner is paid by Billy Banks, right? I'm with yes, it. Yes. I'm with it. That actually, you might be a little too old, but you know, black don't crack, so <laughs> probably <laughs> pay it off. Okay, this is from Beverly, but I think this is a real movie. Dude travels to meet up with his estranged wife. Is this is this Die Hard? You guys hides in the building to foil ter- terrorists who are holding the office Christmas party hostage. Ends with an emotional display of love that fizzles since sequels reveal they eventually divorced. This is this is Die Hard, isn't it's, it? It's yeah. Die Hard. So you and, and, you guys, and, and you didn't finish it, Jamie, huh? I texted y'all that I was sat down in my chair. I was watching it. I went to bed, and I probably will go the rest of my life without finishing it. That's a <laughs> it, that's a shocking that's a shocking revelation. Uh, I'm going to give you more incentive. Uh, can I give one more incentive to people who aren't Die Hard people? Because yeah. Die Hard is an incredible film. Um, it, did you know? Have you guys, uh, uh, Cameron Clark, Derek? You guys seen Die Hard, right? I, a long time ago, I barely remember. Uh, yeah, I okay. seen it. I don't well, remember. Well, did you know that Die Hard actually it, uh, spun off Family Matters? If there was no Die Hard, there would not be a Steve Urkel because of Carl, huh? because of the guy who plays Carl Winslow first plays a cop in Die Hard, and he was the right. breakout character of the film, right? right? Like, he has the best arc. Jimmy, if you'd stuck around I to the end. I don't think I saw him. If you had, if you stuck around to the end, you would, there was a very heartwarming moment, a very satis- satisfying moment at the end of the film where he ends up saving the entire day. And people were so enthralled with his performance that ABC, like the people at Disney, were like, we gotta get this guy a sitcom where he is a like, kind of is a, a, a true good story? natured cop. Yes! Yeah, yeah. For and real, so, I, I yeah. didn't know that it was it was it, that that sparked Family Matters. Yeah, they they wow. realized we have to get this guy back in a role where he is like this good-hearted cop because people loved him so much. So they wrote Family Matters as as to, to ride on the coattails of the Die Hard success. Well, thank That's you, Die Hard. Fire. Yeah. So Stefan Urkel is because of Die Hard. If there was no Hans Gruber, there's no <laughs> Stefan Urkel. Like there is a direct line between the two, and his name's Carl well, Winslow. I mean, just just being real, Die Hard is. 
the Highlander of Christmas movies. It's like it's. it's I've never really, seen Highlander. What really, is that? It's a bad movie that's really good. No, oh, well, gotcha. but at least Die Hard's self-aware. Like they they make Highlander. fun. Yeah, like Highlander. Yeah. Highlander doesn't know how ridiculous like white dudes with long hair carrying a sword look. It is ridiculous every in the, time. In the eighties, just just yeah. having sword fights in the middle of parking garages. Yeah, at, at least Die Hard. At least, like I said, at least Die Hard's self-aware. You know what I mean? Like Very at least true. Hans Gruber is a goofball. Like the villain is is the funniest one in the movie. You know? Yeah, that's true. I agree. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, there's a lot more feedback. If I know the holidays are over, but if you want to get back in the Christmas spirit, go check out our Twitter account because <laughs> you guys brought it this week. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, we got talking about the very, very wise purchase of owning a jet ski. Um, <laughs> Jesse doesn't think it's very wise. My neighbors would disagree. They enjoy theirs very much. Um, so we got us thinking about regrettable purchases. We want to know, kick off 2021 with, what's the most regrettable purchase you made and why? That's it. We just want to know the biggest purchase that you regret. <laughs> like ever or in the past year? No, I ever. mean, all what, time. All time. I, I'll give you an example. When I was Jinkos. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the first puddle, the first puddle you walk through and your ankles are wet all day, you know it's a huge mistake. Right, this is this is very unpleasant. Like the jeans just mopped up that whole puddle. Um the the because it happened to everyone that wore jeans. It was just, you know, your wet ankles all day. The everyone is always frayed and yeah, wet. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. gross. Um when I was a kid, probably around like 10, my mom, you know, we got Christmas money for like my grandparents, like 30 bucks or something, you know, right. me and my brother. And she was like, hey, we're going shopping today. You guys can bring your Christmas money, buy whatever you want. For some reason, I waited to the end of the day after we had left the mall. I was so indecisive and I was so bummed because I was coming home with nothing. And my mom's like, I got to pop in TJ Maxx. So I was like, all right, well, the money's getting spent at TJ Maxx then. And for I mean, some 30 reason- 30 bucks at TJ Maxx, you're a king. You are, yeah. you are a king. And that you king- to buy the whole store. That king, for some reason, bought a, a, a rain stick from- <laughs> The home goods department. What's a like, rain stick? It's a it's oh, a stick. And I didn't play drums. I was not involved with any sort of percussion group. I had nowhere. I I didn't the the decorative qualities of it, which it was decorative because in the home goods section had oh no aesthetic in my room. But for some reason, in the moment, I was just thinking, I'm not going home empty-handed. Like my brother got like a cool Nerf football or something. I, there's oh no gosh. way I'm not coming home. And I went home with that rain stick. They had that little and, toy. Oh, you could have got. Remote control cars. I don't know what came over me. I mean, it was instant regret. It was instant regret. Like, you know, as I was purchasing, like as I was purchasing it, like giving the cashier my Christmas money, I was thinking it's probably it's probably more embarrassing to to put the rain stick back than to, to, to leave here with a rain stick. So I just went with it and. Everyone has those moments where they just instantly click on the purchase. We want to know yours. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post on this episode post on the Relevant Magazine Instagram account. Holy cow. Can I I give one more? Please. (laughs) Dude, this was was like in my adult life, okay? This was like I was in like college. And they were closing down. <laughs> There's this place, this super sketchy pet store here that's just been around since like the 60s, you know? Yeah. And they were closing it down. 
And everyone locally knows that this place is super sketch. It's basically like Tiger King in a retail setting. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. Like monitor <laughs> lizards, like weird stuff. Like I, so we're like, dude, my buddy called me. I was like, for my early twenties, my buddy, he's like, dude, you're not going to believe it. You know, jungle planets shutting down. They're, they're doing crazy sales on crazy <laughs> animals. Planet. I'm like, dude, let's go, man. So we cruise over there and we go straight to where they have all the dangerous animals. And the guy talking to us as he's gesturing, he's missing fingers. Right, like straight up missing him, oh. and, and my buddy asked him. He's like, "Dude, bro, what happened?" He's like, "Oh man, feeding lizards uh, for the last twenty years. You'd be surprised how you know if they get hungry." And he was showing us bite marks on his neck and stuff. Oh I was God. like, "Dude, this guy is freaking awesome!" And so, so I, so me and my buddy were like, "All right, show us your deals." They were they were offloading all their squ- all their scorpions, <laughs> these giant scorpions. I don't even know if you were supposed to buy and sell scorpions, but I was like, "How much is a scorpion?" It's like two bucks. I'm like, "Are you?" kidding me? $2 for a huge freaking scorpion? And I bought one, right? And it came in like this cup. And I got home. I was like, dude, I, what am I going to do now? Like, yeah. I, don't know, I don't even know what they eat. And That's I the end game here, yeah. And so, like, I put it in the closet, and for some and it was like in a sealed little thing. I laid in bed that night thinking, dude, <laughs> that scorpion's going to kill me. Like, it's going to find a way out. <laughs> I went and put, like, books on top of the container because I was so paranoid about the scorpion I bought. I, I, this is a true story. I got up in the middle of the night and freed him in the backyard, never seen him again. <laughs> He's probably killed like five birds that night. We immediately kill those things here in Texas. You, you know, know that is have those for a pet. That is why the Everglades are overrun with pythons right now because people have them as pets, regret it, and go out and dump them in the okay, Everglades. Right. Well, I'm asking you a question. If I call, if, if like let's say I was living down there and I called, I'm like Cameron, you're not going to believe it. That sketch ball, uh, <laughs> gigantic pet store with all the exotic creatures is going out and they're offloading everything. Do you want to yeah. go? You yeah, know your go. answer would be yeah, yes. Of course. And you know your minimum leaving with a scorpion, maybe a cool snake. You, yes. I just know you. I just know you. You couldn't resist. The answer is always if Jesse says you want to go. Do fill in the blank. The answer is yes. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Many thanks to Levi Lusco for joining us today. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Levi Lusco. Also, go do yourself a favor. Check out the brand new issue of Relevant. It is out now. Features Pharrell Williams on the cover and so much other great content. It is available for free right now by clicking the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. Go check it out, everybody. I think you'll like it. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Scorpion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Get over here. <laughs> we'll see you on Friday. Have a good week. For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Let's give another run at these toilet seats, guys. We got to diversify. Relevant Podcast Network.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.